So last Sunday was Easter. Uh, in some ways, you know, it seems like a, a long time ago, uh, but, but we spent all this time, you know, focusing on Jesus' journey and the events that happened to Jesus on his way into Jerusalem. Uh, we relived his suffering, his passion, all that he went through, uh, you know, throughout the season of Lent. We talked about uh, what was Jesus was doing as he made his way to Jerusalem, and then uh, we, we focused on what happened during Holy Week once he was there. We remembered uh, on Maundy Thursday his command to us to love one another as God loves us. And then on Good Friday, we remembered the darkness of his death. And then last Sunday, we came back and we celebrated Easter. And we celebrated that he is risen, that he is alive. And uh, lots of people came, and the music was great, and we came with excitement and anticipation, and it was a celebration, and that was last week. <laughs> and it seems like sometimes, you know, the momentum and the buildup and everything that leads up to Easter, and then we celebrate Easter, and then it's kind of like, <sighs> okay, now what? Uh, we, we celebrated Easter, now, you know, now what? It's kind of like it's, like it's all over. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we had a special Sunday that we called Palm Sunday, uh, except for I heard about a little girl whose Sunday school teacher asked her what today was two weeks ago, and she said, it's Palm Tree Sunday. Uh, that kid was definitely in Florida. Uh, but we celebrated Palm Sunday, and then we came back uh, last week, and that's Easter Sunday. And I don't know if you know this, but there is actually a name for this Sunday, uh, in the Christian liturgy, this Sunday is known as Low Sunday. Uh, and that's not just for attendance. That's for, um, uh, that's, that's for the feeling. Is that you, it's kind of a letdown because you, you, you have all this buildup and then you celebrate Easter and then you, you come back the next Sunday and it's, it's all over. And it's kind of a letdown. It's kind of emo emotionally, it's kind of a letdown. So it's called Low Sunday. And if you notice, a lot of churches will schedule a guest speaker or a special musical group to come in the Sunday after Easter to try to keep, you know, the momentum up and the excitement up uh, like it was last week. And um, <clears throat> nobody likes, you know, have you have to have this great celebration the next Sunday you come back and it's kind of a little anticlimactic. And last Sunday was Easter. So now what? Well, let's take a look at um, the first week after Easter in, in the Scriptures. Um, and what happened on that week? John tells us in the gospel that the, the women went to the tomb, realized Jesus, uh, they, they were the first ones to see Jesus risen. And then Jesus went and appeared to the disciples, all of them except Thomas. We're not told why Thomas wasn't there, but he wasn't. And so Jesus appeared to them. That was all on Easter Sunday. Then later, um, you know, Thomas was back with them again, and Jesus came and appeared to them again because Thomas had said he didn't believe he was alive. Uh, as a matter of fact, Thomas said, unless I can put my fingers in the holes in his hands and, and touch the, 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 where he was pierced in the side, I'm not going to believe. So they were gathered together again several days later, and then Jesus appeared to them again. And this time he told Thomas, he said, go ahead and put your fingers in the, where my hands are pierced and touch my side if you need to. And of course, at that point, Thomas had seen him alive, and Thomas didn't need to do any of that. And so Thomas, you know, com confessed and believed. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think we're, we're a little hard on Thomas. 
You know, he's always called the doubter, and we, that's what we remember about him. But if you, in John's gospel, back in chapter 11, Jesus and the disciples had left Bethany and left the area around Jerusalem because they were trying to kill him. And so they had moved out where it was a little safer. And then Jesus got word that Lazarus had died. And then to me, there's a very telling verse of scripture right after that. Jesus says, we're going to go back to where, where Lazarus is. And the disciples are all thinking, we can't go back there. They've already, they threatened to kill you if you go back there. Thomas is the one who says, let's go back with him and die. And he was ready to follow him. So sometimes I don't think we give Thomas uh, you know, enough credit. I think all of them were doubters. Thomas just was um, more vocal about it. So, so after Jesus appeared to Thomas, and Thomas believed, and then Jesus spoke these words, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that word was not just for Thomas. That word was for us. And that's one of those scenes, if you imagine it in your mind, you can imagine Jesus talking to Thomas, and when he gets to that part, he stops and he turns and he looks right into the camera and breaks the fourth wall and looks right at us and says, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And so that word is to you and me, because these disciples, they all saw a risen Christ. We haven't seen that we, with our own eyes. We haven't seen the, the physical presence. We believe without seeing, and Jesus said, blessed are those of you who do that. And so Jesus um, had appeared to the disciples after the crucifixion, after the burial. They knew he was alive. They had experienced the first Sunday, the first Easter ever. And so the very next week, what do you think all the disciples did in the excitement of the resurrection? Well, Peter looked around at them and said, you know what, guys? I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> Let's go fishing. Now, I guarantee you there were some folks who were here last week who this morning got up and said the same thing. <laughs> Having no idea how biblical they were being. But, you know, you don't expect that from Peter. I mean, Peter's like, he's the main guy. So surely he's going to Easter, he's going to do something. He's going to be all inspired because Jesus is alive. And he said, let's, let's go fishing. And so they got up and they, they went fishing. The, the Sunday after Easter, they all went fishing. Is that it? Is that all there is to Easter? One day and yeah, let's go fishing. See you around. What's next? So they, the disciples were all out fishing, but they weren't catching anything, and, uh, which is fascinating. You know, throughout the Gospels, you, you, you see that story of how they were fishing, but they weren't catching anything. You wonder how they stayed in business as professional fishermen. Uh, so they were out all night. They hadn't caught anything. The sun was coming up, and they saw somebody on the shore. They couldn't make out who it was. And he asked them if they'd caught anything. And they said, no, we haven't. And he said, well, why don't you cast your nets on the other side of the boat? And they did. And they couldn't haul all the fish in that they caught. And they remembered that happened to them once before. And that was when Jesus had done that. And so they knew Jesus was alive. So they thought this must be Jesus. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, the disciple that John refers to himself, the one who Jesus loved, he turned to Peter and he said, it's the Lord. John's always the first one to believe. <laughs> it's the Lord. 
And so Peter jumps in the water and swam to shore while the others made their way in the boat. And they, they arrived on the shore and Jesus was there cooking fish. And it's a really fascinating thing in John's gospel. He says that Jesus was cooking on a charcoal fire. Or, or my translation, uh, the NIV says, a fire uh, of burning embers, burning coals. And that's interesting because a charcoal file, fire is only mentioned one other time in, in the Bible. When they take Jesus, when they arrest him, and they take him um, back to, to, to Caiaphas' house, and they're, they're, they have the courtyard, and Peter comes in to warm himself by the fire, John says that is a charcoal fire. And so Peter is warming himself by a charcoal fire when they ask him if he's a follower of Jesus, and he denies that he is. Three times he denies that he's a follower of Jesus. And I think it's fascinating that here on the shore, Jesus has made a charcoal fire so that when Peter stands there at that fire and it, there's the smell and there's the way it looks that is different and it will remind him of that night that he said he didn't know him and then Jesus is going to give him an opportunity three times to confirm his faith. What, what an interest, what a cool thing Jesus does when he does that. So they, they ate together, and then uh, the scripture said they all knew it was the Lord. And uh, let me read, uh, some of you thought I'd forgotten to read the scripture, but I waited, it's right here. This is what happened. Um, it says, this was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. The word of God for the people of God. So Easter had already happened. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to them after the resurrection. And after they finished eating, he singled Peter out. And he said, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my lamb. Feed my sheep. He asked him the second time, do you love me? And, and Peter said, yes. And he said, well, then take care of my sheep. And a third time he asked Peter, do you love me? And the third time Peter said, you know I love you, Lord. And Jesus said, well, then feed my lambs. Well, we always read this story and say, well, you know, around that charcoal fire, Peter denied that he knew Jesus. And so now Jesus gives him an opportunity around a charcoal fire he gives him three opportunities to confirm his faith. And so he confirms his faith uh, three times, just like he denied three times. And, and we've always kind of understood that exchange as being just for Peter. But I also think it says something really valuable to us. Because a lot of times we, we spend the rest of the year trying to recapture the enthusiasm of Easter. But the enthusiasm always fades away. And after the first 
Easter, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He didn't say, are you still excited? <laughs> you still got goosebumps? He said, do you love me? And if we answer yes, then I believe he says to us, just like he said to Peter, then feed my sheep. And for us, that means that we will go about doing the things that Jesus did in his physical body all along that road to Jerusalem, that we'll just keep doing those things. Last Sunday was Easter. Now what? Now we feed his lambs. Now we tend his sheep. See, Easter wasn't the climax. Easter wasn't the end of something. Easter was the beginning. Easter wasn't a one-day celebration. Easter was the beginning of the celebration that we live with a God who is alive and who is with us. And we continue to do the things that Jesus asked us to do before Easter. So last Sunday was Easter. Now what? Well, people around us are still hungry. So I think we should just keep open arms open and keep feeding people. We'll keep doing that. You know, there's still handy, capable people here in our community who need a place to go to love and to be loved and to celebrate. So we need to keep right on doing that. There are people who are still gonna go to hospitals, who are still gonna need visits and need prayers and need prayer shawls. So y'all please keep making those. There are gonna be people in care facilities who are gonna need lap robes, walker bags. So let's keep making those. You know, last month, some ladies in our church made 40 blankets for kids in a daycare that serves kids who are in poverty and foster care because they didn't have blankets to sleep on. But they knew to call St. Paul. And we made the blankets, 40 of them for those kids. We'll need to keep doing that. There are people in the nursing home and in the military and in other places that still re enjoy receiving the cards that folks here send out every month, so we should keep doing that. There'll still be children caught in traumatic situations, so we keep making toys to give to first responders who give them to the children. We should probably keep doing that. There are people who are going to lose a loved one this year, others who are gonna go through difficult times, and they're gonna need somebody to just show up with a smile and a meal. So we should, we should keep doing that. Families will be looking for a safe place to leave their kids at camp where they can be loved and have fun and learn about God's love. So we should probably keep doing that. And then this fall, we're going to have the challenge of starting some new fresh expressions. One of them we're going to do is called Messy Church. And you'll be hearing more about that later on as a way to let families know how much they're loved and cared for. And every week, our children and student ministries will keep meeting and they'll embrace those in our community and give kids and students a safe place to be welcomed and to love. People will still need small groups and Sunday school classes where they can come together and learn and do life together. There's still going to be kids who need supplemental food to get them through the weekend. 
So some of you keep providing and doing that every week. Last week I was in a coffee shop and a young woman I didn't even know came and sat down next to me and said, my life is a wreck. Would you pray for me? And there's gonna continue to be people who need to have those kinds of conversations and that we need to pray for. And we may need to ask people to pray for us because we all need a little help from time to time. There's students who are still gonna need tutoring in a safe and a caring environment. And each of us still have neighbors and friends and family who have not yet realized that they are the beloved of God. And every Sunday, there will be people who will be looking for a safe, welcoming, loving church where they can come and worship God and be accepted and loved for who they are. So we should probably keep doing that. Last Sunday was Easter. Now what? <laughs> now we feed the sheep. You know, now we, uh, Easter is more than a feeling. It's more than a one-day celebration. It is the joy that comes every day from following Jesus and doing the things Jesus did as he walked down that road and engaged people all along the way. Last Sunday was Easter. Now what? <laughs> well, now we are free to love each other and those around us as God loved us and to reach out in ministry to those who are all around us. Let's just do that until next Easter and see what happens. <laughs>